0: Trusted the rhythm of every day. Each morning, he'd wake early and dress, and then go upstairs to his room and begin the day's writing. If things weren't hitting for him there, he'd take the notebooks and several well-sharpened pencils and walk to the Closerie des Lilas for a café crème at the marble table he liked best, while Bumby and I breakfasted alone and then dressed for a walk or went out to see friends.' In the late afternoon, I'd head home, and if the day had gone well, Ernest would be there at the dining table, looking satisfied, with some nice cold sauterne, or brandy and seltzer, and ready to talk about anything. Or we would go out together, leaving Bumby with our landlady, Madame Chautard, and find a plate of fat oysters and good talk at the Select, or the Dumb or the Dumago. Interesting people were everywhere just then. The cafés of Montparnasse breathed them in and out, French painters and Russian dancers and American writers. On any given night, you could see Picasso walking from Saint-Germain to his apartment in the Rue des Grands Augustins, always exactly the same route and always looking quietly at everyone and everything. Nearly anyone might feel like a painter walking the streets of Paris then, because the light brought it out in you, and the shadows alongside the buildings, and the bridges which seemed to want to break your heart, and the sculpturally beautiful women in Chanel's black sheathed dresses, smoking and throwing back their heads to laugh. We could walk into any café and feel the wonderful chaos of it, ordering Pernod or Rum St. James, until we were beautifully blurred and happy to be there together. "'Listen,' Don Stewart said one night "'when we were all very jolly and drunk as fishes at the Select. "'What you and him have is perfect. "'No, no,' he was slurring now and his face contorted with feeling. "'It's holy, that's what I meant to say.' "'That's swell of you, Don. "'You're all right, too, you know.' "'I cupped his shoulder lightly, afraid he might cry.' He was a humorist, and everyone knew the funny writers were the most serious sort under their skins. He also wasn't married yet, but there were prospects on the horizon, and it was all very important to him to see that marriage could be done gracefully and well. Not everyone believed in marriage then. To marry was to say you believed in the future and in the past, too, that history and tradition and hope "'could stay knit together to hold you up. "'But the war had come "'and stolen all the fine young men "'and our faith, too. "'There was only today to throw yourself into "'without thinking about tomorrow, "'let alone forever. "'To keep you from thinking, "'there was liquor, an ocean's worth at least, "'all the usual vices, "'and plenty of rope to hang yourself with. "'But some of us, "'a very few in the end,' bet on marriage against the odds. And though I didn't feel wholly exactly, I did feel that what we had was rare and true, and that we were safe in the marriage we had built and were building every day. This isn't a detective story, not hardly. I don't want to say, keep watch for the girl who will come along and ruin everything. But she's coming anyway, set on her course, In a gorgeous chipmunk coat and fine shoes, her sleek brown hair bobbed so close to her well-made head, she'll seem like a pretty otter in my kitchen. Her easy smile, her fast, smart talk, while in the bedroom, scruffy and unshaven, and laid flat out on the bed like a despot king, Ernest will read his book and care nothing for her, not at first and the tea will boil in the teapot, and I'll tell a story about a girl she and I both knew a hundred years ago in St. Louis, and we'll feel like quick and natural friends, while across the yard, in the sawmill, a dog will start barking, and keep barking, and he won't stop for anything. Chapter One The very first thing he does is fix me with those wonderfully brown eyes and say,